Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of correspondents from around the world. I'm Wang Zhang. Coming up in this edition, intense fighting has erupted in Ethiopia's northern Amhara region, with militia fighters taking over some towns and districts. Western African leaders are expected to hold another meeting over the situation in Niger after the military junta defied an ultimatum to reinstate the ousted government. And extreme weather events continue to wreak havoc and threatening lives in Asia, Europe, and North America. Starting in Africa, intense fighting has erupted in Ethiopia's northern Amhara region, with militia fighters taking over some towns and districts. Clashes between the Fano militia and the Ethiopian Defence Force intensified last week, with heavy fire still heard on Monday. A senior intelligence official has accused the militia men in the region of trying to overthrow the regional government. Last week, the Ethiopian government declared a six-month state of emergency in the region when fighting erupted. The conflict is Ethiopia's most serious security crisis since the conflict in Tigray region ended last November. Jerem Chala has more. At the moment, the situation is tense in the Amhara regional state. A lot of uh, reports of uh, fightings are being reported in major cities that you have mentioned in the regional state in Gonda area, Bahadar, and also other parts. Uh, also closer to Addis Ababa, in several places, there are clashes between the Fano militia and also the National Defence Force. In general terms, what seems to be in that regional state is the command post under the state of emergency is trying to control. The situation and uh, let law and order prevail. On the other hand, uh, the the militia men are also uh, fighting uh, what they call the intervention of the federal government and the unnecessary uh, hands in the regional state itself. So, in general terms, what we understand today from the regional state is that tension is escalating. It might develop to uh, another level uh, on the next uh, few days. Under the state of emergency, the command post. Is uh, putting in place uh, so many restrictions in the regional state, more specifically, including curfews, and nobody really can move uh, after certain hours in that regional state, uh, holding guns or even holding meetings in in different areas uh, uh, by being more than uh, two or three is now disallowed in the regional state. At the same time, uh, uh, arrests are being made, and we have heard. Uh, That、uh, thousands of people are now under、uh, police custody.、Uh, you need to understand that the state of emergency declares、uh, without any intervention of uh, uh, the court, they can make a, a, a arrest and also、uh, hold some kind of investigation.、Uh, those people who they think are、uh, helping the militiamen and others at the same time. So there is a command post measure being taken to put things under control, and on the other hand. The military special missions are also underway. So, in general terms, these are the ways that the government is、uh, trying to、uh, do. But、uh, there are also calls、uh, for this situation to be resolved、uh, mm-hmm. peacefully, and these are coming from within the country and from across、uh, the world. That was Jerome Charla reporting. Still in Africa, leaders of the West African Regional Bloc (ECOWAS) are set to meet on Thursday to discuss the situation in Niger. The planned meeting comes as coup leaders defy the bloc by rejecting its demand to reinstate ousted government. Ecowas has threatened a military intervention if the military leaders in Niger don't release President Mohamed Bazoum. Meanwhile, Mali and Burkina Faso has sent delegations to show support to the military government in Niger. Deji Bademusi has more from neighboring Nigeria. Ecowas has called an emergency meeting for Thursday in the Nigerian capital Abuja to decide. 
on the next step. ECOWAS had warned that it would use military force if the coup plotters in Niger failed to reverse direction, and so far they haven't done so. In fact, the military junto is consolidating its hold on power. It's now closed the country's airspace, warning that any attempt to fly over Niger would be met with, quote, immediate response. As a result of the airspace closure, Air France has now suspended flights to and from Mali and Burkina Faso. Germany has also put on hold plans to withdraw its troops from neighboring Mali since it cannot fly uh, them over Niger. The Chinese embassy in Niger has also issued advisory to its nationals to leave the country for a third country or return home until the dust over the coup finally settles. France has also taken a similar step, warning its citizens against all travel to Niger and asking those still there to exercise caution and be vigilant. Meanwhile, Germany has now joined Italy in calling for a diplomatic solution to the political standoff in Niger as the ECOWAS deadline expires. In Niger itself, tensions are high as many are concerned as to what would happen next. Everyone is waiting to see what the outcome of Thursday's meeting by the leaders of uh, the ECOWAS region will be. For now, it's not looking like we're going to see any military action on Niger just yet. But we may see a ramping up of sanctions while the bloc intensifies diplomatic efforts. That was Daji Badamusi reporting from Lagos. Moving on to Asia, Heilongjiang province in northeast China has issued yellow alerts for possible floods and geological disasters. Parts of the province are expected to receive heavy rains this week, while residents are still trying to recover from recent flooding. Jiang Siran has more from Wuchang City. Wuchang city has had heavy rains over the past five days and took a major hit from the massive flooding. And in Wuchang city, a total of 18 towns were affected by the flooding. Now the local government and community members are working together to ensure emergency supplies and medical care. So far, over 50,000 residents have been safely evacuated, and among them, around 10,000 residents had to find their temporary homes at one of the resettlement sites. Behind me, the Yachen Middle School is one of the major resettlement sites here in Wuchang City. And currently around 1,300 people are here taking the shelters. And they just told me that good arrangements have been made and they're not worried. And actually many cities in northeast China have experienced the heaviest rains since the 1950s. And many experts believe that this extreme weather may also be resulted from the climate change. The rice paddies here in Wuchang City, which is really well known um, across the country and uh, as well as around the globe. However, we did had a chance to visit the damaged rice paddies. And for now, what is certain is that the floods will have some impacts for the harvest in autumn. However, the scale of it is still unclear for now. Since the water have not yet receded, the total area of the damaged rice paddies is still being assessed by the local government. There was Jiang Siran reporting. Moving on to the Americas. In the United States, extreme weather is putting lives at risk as a brutal summer of heat, storms, floods and fires continues. In eastern U.S., destructive winds have knocked out power to hundreds of thousands of people. Nearly 1,500 flights were cancelled and 7,000 others delayed due to extreme weather conditions. 
Jim Spellman reports. Extreme weather continues to rock the United States. In Alaska, a drone captured dramatic footage of a building being washed away as the city of Juneau saw record flooding from melting glacier ice. In Southern California, two helicopters responding to a wildfire collided in midair on Sunday. In Vermont, cleanup is underway after storms brought heavy rain, washing away roads and bringing heavy flooding. Local officials are calling for action on climate change. You know, we're living on an increasingly warm planet and that that is directly tied to uh, to carbon emissions. Outside Washington, D.C., heavy storms and lightning forced tens of thousands of fans at a Beyonce concert to leave their seats and seek shelter. But the show went on after the storms passed. And much of the country continues to deal with extreme heat, driven in part by global climate change. I hope people are starting to realize that there is an effect. And I think that people are starting to open their eyes that um, over the years it has changed. Whether we want to believe it or not, it is here. And more than 120 million people in the eastern United States are under severe storm threat Monday, potentially facing heavy rains, high winds, flash flooding, and even tornadoes. That was Jim Spellman reporting from Washington. Over to Europe. Soaring temperatures are putting construction workers at risk in Italy. The government is now under pressure to do more to protect them. Giles Gibson has more. Working on a building site in the Italian summer has always been tough. But this year, construction workers have been battling through record high temperatures in excess of 40 degrees Celsius. Diciamo sinceramente, è stato difficile. Honestly, it was hard. It was difficult to work in it, and to face a similar situation next year would frankly be impossible. We've already been through it, and we've seen that, in terms of productivity and physical fatigue, we suffered a lot. It's also risky because in the hottest hours, it was impossible to work outside. This summer's extreme heat has been partly blamed for multiple deaths at workplaces across Italy, including construction sites, a bakery and a supermarket. Last month, a 44-year-old man died after collapsing while painting roads in a town near Milan. Workers can get heat stroke, become dangerously dehydrated, or the heat can exacerbate pre-existing conditions such as heart disease. As well as putting workers at risk, high temperatures are simply bad for business. The International Labour Organization, which is part of the United Nations, says that the capacity of a worker who's operating at a moderate intensity drops by 50% when it's between 33 and 34 degrees Celsius. At the end of July, Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni's government introduced new emergency measures. They included easing regulations for construction and agricultural firms, which can't simply ask their staff to work from home during a heat wave. But trade union leaders, including Antonio Di Franco, say they want much tougher rules, such as a blanket ban on working outside when temperatures rise over a certain level. The current legislation and also, unfortunately, the latest measures brought in by this government have not solved the problem. We hope that the fact that there is a climate crisis means no one can deny now that there is a need to intervene, that this will raise awareness and encourage this government to listen to trade unions and implement measures to prevent deaths. As summers in Italy and around the world heat up, the impact on workers in general is only going to get worse. 
The UN says heat stress will cut total working hours by more than 2% worldwide in 2030. That was Giles Gibson in Rome. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. Intense fighting has erupted in Ethiopia's northern Hamhara region, with militia fighters taking over some towns and districts. West African leaders are expected to hold another meeting over the situation in Niger after the military junta defied an ultimatum to reinstate the ousted president. And extreme weather events continue to wreak havoc and threatening lives in Asia, Europe and North America. That concludes this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. And Monsi Hang, thank you for listening. <laughs>